Hello and welcome to Spanish True Crime, a podcast dedicated to covering true crime stories from Spain. My name is Natalia and I'm here to bring to you fascinating cases you have probably never heard about yet. Today you're going to hear about a case of a game played by two young men that ended up with a gruesome murder. This is a role-playing game case. It was the 30th of April, 1994, when the lifeless body of Carlos Moreno was found in a bus stop of Bacares Street, Madrid. He had been killed using a big knife or a similar tool. What looked like a robbery gone wrong at first sight was quickly discovered to be something more sinister. Carlos Moreno was 52 years old. He was married and had three children. As he did every Friday, he had gone out with some friends to have a few drinks. He was going back home at around 5 in the morning. Ironically, he usually took a cup on Fridays, but that week he had chosen to take the bus. He never made it home. The police were puzzled by his murder because he lived a normal life, and there were apparently no reason why someone would harm him. The robbery theory was discarded almost immediately. The robbery theory was discarded almost immediately because he was still wearing his watch and he had 60,000 pesetas in his pocket. His salary he had just received that day. They tried to see if there were any links between Carlos and another murder victim, a man that had been found also with multiple stab wounds, but there was absolutely no connection between them. The issue was that investigators were looking for a rational motive behind such a violent crime, when there really wasn't. And the case would probably have gone cold if it hadn't been for something that happened a few weeks after the crime. A young man called Enrique Martinez showed up at the police station and pointed at two of his friends, Javier Rosado and Felix Martinez, as the murderers. Why did he have such suspicions? Apparently, Javier had been bragging about them being responsible for the crime every time it was on the news. He would say they have got that wrong when reporters gave information he found inaccurate and not when they explained things right. He wasn't shy about it, but most of the friends who heard them thought they were just joking. Who would think a friend is capable of that, right? But when Enrique told his father about what Javier and Felix were saying, he told him they had to go tell the police immediately. If it wasn't for this man, the crime may have never been solved, because there was no link tying the murderers and the victim, and no leads to follow. Of course, the police were skeptical at first, but it turned out Javier and Felix knew details that had been never been public. Javier said he had left his watch at the scene of the crime, and that the latex glove he was wearing had torn. The police had found a watch and a little piece of latex near to the body. The investigation now suddenly had two very strong suspects. Their friend told investigators Javier and Felix were talking about doing it again, so they decided to move quickly. They arrested them after they found them going back to Felix's apartment after having bought a box of gloves. It was June 5th, almost two months after the crime. At the moment of his arrest, Javier had a bandage around one of his fingers. It was hiding a bite mark. The piece of glove they had found was from a finger, so it was easy to deduce the victim had beat him while trying to defend himself. But who were Javier Rosado and Felix Martinez? Javier Rosado was a bright young man, studying his third year of chemistry. He wasn't the most sociable person, but he had a charm to him that made him able to persuade some and make them follow him. 
and Felix Martinez was just the kind of person who would fall for that charm. He had had a hard childhood. Both of his parents had passed when he was very young from age due to substance abuse issues. Searching their homes, they found a large quantity of books in Javier Rosado's room, relating to all kinds of subjects, from Gothic literature to occultism or nazism. They also found a bloody jacket, a big knife, and probably the most important piece of evidence, a diary in which Javier had written about the crime in detail. He had explained their whole plan and the actual crime with a coldness and cruelty that shocked everyone who read it. They had everything perfectly planned. They were looking for a random victim who was supposed to be a woman, an old person, or a child, because they knew they'd be easier to subdue. But they were unlucky. They didn't find any suitable victim that night, and it was already getting late. That's when they saw Carlos waiting at the bus stop. They pretended to want to rob him at first. He refused to give them any money. Then Javier stabbed him in the neck. Afterwards, he moved the knife to his stomach. Carlos defended himself fiercely and tried to run away. But in the end, there wasn't anything he could do against two attackers. It's awful how long it takes for an idiot to die. Javier wrote about the struggle. It took them about 15 minutes to commit the murder. He also wrote he didn't care at all about what he had done. These are some of his words about it. These are his thoughts just after committing the crime. We looked at our victim first, smiled and shook hands. I felt like I had just fulfilled a duty, a basic necessity. That gave me hope to commit new crimes. You might be wondering why this is known as the role-playing game. Javier had created his own role-playing game called Razas, races, and used the game as the excuse or motivation behind his crime. They found he had made a character sheet for the victim. He had given Carlos Moreno a very high score in willpower, another show of how hard he had tried to defend himself, to survive. Javier played this game with his friends, to whom he was kind of a leader. The media gave a lot of relevance to this role-playing game, and Spanish society, who had never really heard of these kind of games before, started to be alarmed by them. The media linked them to the crime, although it was obvious that it was Javier's violent nature that had led them to commit the crime, not the game. The relationship between Javier and Felix has been defined as cult-like, with Javier as the leader and Felix as the faithful follower. Felix told the investigators he had never really felt like he had a family, and Javier had somehow given him that sense of belonging, of being cared for, he had always been missing. Javier tried to use temporary insanity as a defense, and argued he had suffered from multiple personalities. There was a fierce debate during the trials in which a defense and prosecution experts argued about whether he was mentally fit or not. In the end, the defense argument of him being a psychopath but being fully aware of his actions won. Javier Rosado was sentenced to 42 years of jail, and Felix to 12 as his accomplice. Felix was also a minor at the time of the crime, so his sentence was shorter because of that. Felix got out of jail after four years. He lived for some time under stage tutelage to see if his rehabilitation was working. Afterwards, he moved to Germany, hoping to leave the horrible crime he had committed behind and start a new life. Javier Rosado spent his time in jail quite productively. He finished three degrees, helped run the prison library, and was on his best behavior during this whole sentence. After 14 years, he was released. Now they live normal lives as ordinary people. They go to work, have families, and claim to be rehabilitated. 
it's obvious that the harm that was done to Carlos Moreno and his family will never be able to be fully reparated. But Javier Rosado and Félix Martínez have legally paid their debts to society and seem to be an example of rehabilitation being possible even for the most heinous crimes. If we can take something good from this case, it can be that hope. If you're interested in finding out about other stories like this one, please follow this podcast on whatever platform you prefer so you don't miss any new episodes. Please consider leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at sptruecrime and Instagram at spanishtruecrime. You can send an email at spanishtruecrime at gmail.com if you wish to contact me. See you next time.